<laughs> and all I want to do is make one pasta dish. <laughs> Just one. Just one. We've got some pesto in the fridge that's got maybe four days on it. <laughs> Oh, I've pesky got, pesto. Got some creme fraiche in, you know, let's make some salmon, oh, make pesto, creme, creme fraiche sauce, and get on some tagliatelle. Oh, I've got some creme It'd be amazing, in. but no, apparently the food of the apocalypse is dry spaghetti. I got spaghetti from Aldi yesterday. <clears throat> Aldi have some in stock? Yeah. Well, I know where I'm flipping popping this I'm, afternoon. I'm, I'm making garlic, uh, spicy garlic mushrooms in with spaghetti. Oh, nice! Yeah, our it's local, already in the slow cooker. Our local Asda Morrison's and Quality Save have j- uh, barren, absolutely barren. It's fucking weird, isn't it? It's so strict. Like I get it. People See, want to right. have stuff in the house in case they need to self isolate. But you've got two options there. One, I'm sure family and friends can bring you some things. Yeah, just put it on the doorstep. Yeah, like bring your stone if, style. <clears throat> when I'm really unwell, if I get a takeout and I'm really unwell, in the notes on like Just Eat or if I'm ordering on the phone. And I've paid by card. I'll I'll say just knock on door, leave it outside. I'm not feeling well. Don't want to give you my jokes. Do you know what I mean? And they get it. They knock on the door. You open the door. They've gone. You could be brilliant. There are ways to do it. Family can drop some stuff off for you. You know, you could order it on Amazon. You can order shit like that on Amazon nowadays, and, and just get it brought to your door. And yet everybody's panicked, and they've seen other people panic, so they've panicked, and now no one can wipe their ass. And to buy some toilet roll. <laughs> yep. And kitchen roll, you might have to, based on our local shops, you might have to settle for just buying a load of Kleenex. It's okay. weird. Or, or, just buy like, uh, buy like David Cameron's memoirs, yeah, or, yeah. you know, Piers Morgan's autobiography, just stuff like that. I'd love to wipe my ass with <laughs> Piers Morgan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. And then flush him away. Speaking of flushing away, hi everybody, we're here to flush away your boredom for approximately an hour and 25 minutes. Even though the episode's two hours long. Yeah. <laughs> we will We will stop giving shits at the hour 25 mark. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mostly because we don't have paper to wipe them with. Uh, you're all listening to Big Damn Cast, nerdy news, geeky gossip, all stuff that's fit to occupy your time for a brief spam before we all die of the coronavirus. My name is Chris <coughs> Johnson. My name is Matthew... Elbowkoff, Watson. <clears throat> Your Russian cousin. <laughs> you know what? Do you remember Flushed Away? Yeah, I remember Flushed Away. I was trying to describe Flushed Away to Lucy this week. She'd never seen it. I was like... I've seen it. It's kind of charming, but it's also really pointless. It is kind of charming, but also pointless. It's DreamWorks, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's Sony... Uh, not Sony. DreamWorks distribute Watson Gromit at the Coast of the Wear Abbot in 2005. And it's great. And then they go, Ardman, we want to work with you more, but like your work rate is sort of too slow for us because we want to get on that hype train, son. So we want you to make a film with us with your quirky charm and, you know, uh, iconic design. But we're going to CGI it because we want to get it out quicker. Yeah. And as as a result, it's like my main response to that film was, that was all right, but it would have been better if it was stop motion. That's my one sort of out the back of it. I was like, if it's stop motion, I think I'd like it a lot more. It's all right. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the flushed away corner for today. Hugh Jackman's a fancy rat. <laughs> but what about in the film? <laughs> hey, oh, Well, wait, no, no, hang on, none of that left. <laughs> no one's buying like tomatoes or chives or sauces. Like nothing. There are pre-made sauces. <laughs> Fill in the world foods aisle in our local Asda. Are pre-made you, is sauces. It all pastas. All pastas. All pastas. All pastas. The last time I went was yesterday afternoon. You can't and even there get was like... one, I repeat, one 
packet of Mac and it was split open. So someone, that's why it's been was left. someone fighting over the Mac? <laughs> they wanted to return the Mac. <laughs> the return <laughs> of the Mac. I'd be all right. You're jerking your little macaroni. Yeah. Just, oh, give me the yeah. Mac. Give me the Mac. Mm. Um, I'm all right. My mum hoards tins anyway. Um, so I'd be fine. See, that makes more sense, doesn't it? If you're going to self-isolate, get tin food. And she doesn't Soups, do it because she's going to self-isolate. She just buys... <laughs> she forgets she's got it in and buys it again. Yeah, my stepmom does exactly the same thing. So she's got... Exactly the same thing. My my dad my dad's currently at home because um, uh, <laughs> Brexit preemptive measures for his company got him and an entire department laid off. Got our country um, back though, didn't we? Mm, got our country back! Play passports, yeah! <clears throat> Uh, I'm so happy that I got my new passport in just before that. Yeah, she's got, got her new passport yesterday. It's just a lovely smug feeling for the, yes. for the next 10 years. Um, but yeah, uh, he's at home a lot and he keeps saying, it's ridiculous, I, I only just remembered that we have an extra freezer in the shed. Did I'm like, you only just remembered? He's like, I kind of forgot because we don't really use it, but it's it's full. It is full. <laughs> What's it full <laughs> of? It's full of food. It's like, what food? It's like, it's just stuff we obviously picked up at some point and then put in the outside freezer and we've forgotten about it. It's like, none of that will be edible now. Well, it will be for a very small window. You defrost that and then immediately devour it. It'll uh, be fine. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. Meat can apparently last up to 20 years if frozen. What? 20 years if completely frozen and untouched in that time. Uh, but your window is super tiny to eat it. Like, if you defrost it, you better then be cooking it, like, immediately. You can eat that shiz. So you're telling me that I could chow down on some, like, early 2000s turkey Twizzlers if I wanted to? My friend, I would want you to not only do that, I would want you to do it sat in Jamie Oliver's front yard, making a point. Make a point, but you did this. You did this, Jamie. With your nakedness, your naked chef. Your naked chefness. That's But you were never day. naked! <laughs> he never was! I think he did, like, a promo shoot in the nude for the show and it was like right but now I'm just worried that your food's got pubes in it as Bill now he gets a Hollywood Hollywood pubes Hollywood wax oh right <laughs> <laughs> not to be confused with the Paul Hollywood wax which huh? is what Paul Hollywood left on the lady he was sleeping with behind his wife's back so oh! <laughs> um, that's it I'm here with the bake off bitchiness we've already spilt the coffee already we don't want to spill any tea <laughs> We did literally spill a coffee before uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, oh, right, we're in case you can't tell, guys, there's not much news this week. <laughs> we're going to talk about... We've got two trailers to talk about for films that are out pretty fucking soon. Yeah, so they won't be in the thumbnail, folks. Uh, let's do Black Widow first. I beg your pardon? It's just... Mm, no. Mm. no. I'm not giving you the, I'm not giving you the benefit. I mean, there's, there's I'm, many of them now going to this trailer. I'm so. not rising. I'm not <laughs> rising to Don't, your... Do you want to know... Right, so... Unabashedly, I have, I have like a teenage boy or girl I have like some celebrity crushes those people you go oh god oh yeah some about them the top two currently have been for a few years Scarlett Johansson as long as I don't read any interviews with her because she always says something that makes me go what are you yeah, doing yeah I see and Chris Evans uh, the American actor not the British DJ no um, though I'm sure he's lovely but uh, I'm silly <laughs> said Billy Piper in the late 90s but <laughs> but um I got an email the other day from Scarlett Johansson. I was like, what? And for a split second, this is how I realised that it's like a teen crush. I went, what? I just had that little flutter of, what does this mean? And then obviously logic takes over half a second later. I open it, it's like, oh, it's an, it's an Omaze email. Chris, I've been thinking about you. 
I'm thinking about you. you out of my mind. I think you're the perfect acting coach to help me play the role of a Japanese robot. <laughs> Scarlet, stop typing. Stop it. But, but it was it. it was really sad. So anything <clears throat> anything to do with uh, this film is making me happy. Sometimes in an unnecessarily inappropriate Tumblr-like way. But mostly because uh, my favourite MCU film is still The Winter Soldier, and this looks like a spiritual sequel to that more than any other MCU film. Yeah, it so has... some more Winter Soldier kind of action. Captain America shield throwing, and a fake Captain America, and another fake Captain America. Yeah? Because you've got yeah. Red Guardian and Taskmaster. Yeah? So we're in the year of fake Captain, Captain America's. America's Wyatt Russell's bloody yeah, US getting, agent later this year. We're getting US agent later this Although, year. Although, much later this year, apparently. Filming has been delayed because, because of, of the coronavirus. Coronavirus. Well, apparently it wasn't. It wasn't nearly done. <clears throat> yeah, it was. It was a shoot in I think Budapest. Yeah. So hopefully they'll find a they'll find a, a way to get around it. Use some Mandalorian rear projection. That's amazing, isn't I it? I know, right? That Holy shit! Um, it's incredible, and and it's the fact. I, I, I'm assuming you also watched the Mister Sunday movies, like mini video I, on it this week. I'd stuff. seen it before that. Yeah, but, but yeah, that was just when he spelled it out, talking about. Like it essentially started with King Kong, and I'm like, oh my god, you're right. Like, isn't yeah. it weird that this is something that went out of favor? No, Kanisha found um, some shots and some and some video that were on that someone had loaded to a Reddit thread or something of like behind the scenes stuff with the big like rear projection screens. That's nuts. I mean, and I was like, that's fucking rear projection. <clears throat> they just did rear projection again, but with better tech. Yeah, Fuck. 360 rear projection. That is is either live action scenarios or completely digital like facsimiles that could be manipulated and used using the technology to your whim. Once the price for the LED screens comes down, <clears> that <throat> could really, really lead to some cool filmmaking and make TV cheaper to make overall. Bigger budget TV would be cheaper yeah, because yeah, yeah. you wouldn't have to do as much location filming. Um, hopefully it doesn't destroy the love of acting. This is not why I became an actor, Peter. Well, no, because you why can see Why am I it. in another green bloody room? That's the thing. That's the, that's why it's better than green screen. You can you see can it. You can see it. Uh, do you think we'll ever go back to the trend of actors, like the, the, the ultra common trend of actors sat in cars pretending to drive? I fucking hope so. Because that has, that has sort of gone away now. Um, it, it still exists. We finished, pickups, we finished season four of Buffy last night. So I watched. Um, some would say Restless. a treat. Some would say a, a task. I would say a treat because Restless is. I l- How and freaking just, bold of them to be like, here's your season finale. Let's do a David oh, Lynch film. And here's an, episode an of extra Buffett. episode to end the season on about <laughs> dreams. I wear the cheese. The cheese does not wear me. It, it was the fucking. It was just the, <laughs> the bit with Xander in the ice cream van and the, the, and the clearly green screened sort of. Absolutely no relation to what's going on background. Yeah, like, this is great. Xander's so dream sequence in that is the best bit. Of the, is is the best. Bit of the Restless episode. is wonderful, and it's sort of it's 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 like your final. Oh, we can kind of have fun with the finale before the original ending for the show comes around at the end of next season and yeah. slaps you in the gut. And one last tease for Dawn as well. Yes, oh, of course, yes. Fudge. And then, could, and then next I, episode, they just cock on the table at the end of yeah. the episode go, oh, by the way, we've changed everything. Bye! Because I hadn't watched Wrestler since it went out. <clears throat> God, 2000. Uh, yeah. Blimey, yeah. So, as age I was like, uh, yeah, it has, it really has. I hadn't watched a lot of season four since it went out. It scares me to think that Buffy, like, it now exists two decades ago. That's so Those strange. Those fucking orange contacts on Sarah Michelle Keller in, <laughs> in Primeval. Yeah. Oh, shit, you've been watching series four, so you've watched Superstar <laughs> recently. I didn't watch all of it. Keeks has been watching it. I've watched ah, all of it with her. Superstar's I've not watched all of it. Magical. That's the Which one. one the, uh, suddenly, like the 
at the end of the pre-titles, like Jonathan is involved. The nerd oh nerd no, man. I didn't. I didn't catch that. One. And then that's the, the title sequence is just all about yeah, him, and yeah. you're like, what is happening? It's so oh so. I love the reality bending episodes because they can be so much fun. Even in even in the weaker sort of chunks of the show, the reality bending ones can be an absolute joy. No, I can't. Where else comes back? <clears throat> yeah, and then it, from then on, it was just like the downfall of the initiative. Yeah, who <laughs> was so cheesy. Oh, absolutely. Oh, god, yeah. And I think I think like all the actors do a good job there because essentially I think the initiative were all briefed to basically be just like your your weapon X play it like camp comic book villains like that is your plan that is your mission also and the design of Adam is like simultaneously cool yet also eighties action figurey again because I'd completely forgotten about it because I hadn't seen it since it gone out yeah but the climax of Prime Evil is basically a trial run for the climax of Cavern in the Woods yes 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 and I was like. Oh. <laughs> Ah. There's a seed being planted here, which we'll see ah. the, we shall see the sprouts of in 13 years. T- well, nine years time, because yeah. Cameron Woods was made in like 2009. Yeah, it was made before Chris Hemsworth was Thor. <laughs> and then we all got it in like 2013. And boy, did we get it. We got it hard. Just like we're getting Black Widow. Yay! <laughs> Fucking hell, that was a tangent. Uh, works. Strong, strong female protagonist in an action series that mm. stands out as someone who's an absolute boss. Um, um, it looks like it's going to be a fun central cast as well with uh, Rachel Weisz and David Harbour and Florence Pugh. Looks yeah. Good. Feige's been doing the rounds this past week as well saying like people have said so why why the solo film now? And he's obviously not he's obviously not dipped into the whole thing of well the guys who used to run this shit didn't yeah. think it was a good idea yeah. because of the sexist pigs. It just took us long to get it. It just took us this long to get it. <laughs> but narratively he's been explaining why now is the perfect time to tell a Natasha story. And he said because like we need to. We need to. We we saw the superhero story finish in Endgame. Yeah, like we saw the end of her superhero story. Now we're going to go back and see like her greatest personal triumph of of her, for herself, like a story that's all about her. He says it. He says it felt better giving her a victory lap, um, on a smaller scale than being like fireworks display and she's off now. Bye. Yeah, and it was like all right, okay. It's I'm, not a bad I'm way to think for that. of it. Um, plus it's a great way to bring everybody back in after phase four, uh, phase three ended. Cause how do you top phase three? Well, you can't, but you give us stories we want to see. And people have been asking for a Black Widow film for years. Yeah. So yeah. to kick off with a Black Widow film, great decision. Down, I'm down with that. I'm down Eternals. With oh God, have you seen the, 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 uh, what they call the million moms? No. The, so the, these, much like Fathers for Justice, these oh, organizations God. started. Oh God, no. With... Pure intent. Oh, no. Uh, Million Moms, for example, started with the pure intent of being like, you know, we're we, we, uh, Christians and Catholics across America and we're here to make sure that is like, it, is our it, kids have been protected and that the media they consume... Has it become like the American equivalent of Mumsnet? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, they're petitioning a mass boycott of the Eternals because Marvel have confirmed that there's a gay kiss in the Eternals. Oh, sure, sure. And they're like, sure, we sure, cannot sure. expose our children to this agenda. You're like... What the agenda of people who exist yeah, interacting? People exist. Gay people exist. That's oh not an agenda. That's God. just a fact. That's so, just a fact. So backwards, man. Oh. <clears throat> Much like the decision to delay a Black Widow movie for so long, but we're getting it, and it looks pretty mm. cool. <clears throat> we see more Shield antics from Taskmaster. Yeah. Uh, we see a freaking Black Panther moment, complete with like Wakanda arms cross. Yeah. And it's I remember seeing someone on Twitter going like, "Wait, he's appropriating Black Panther." I think that's a little bit, and it's like, "No, no, no." He's mimicking Black Panther. Yeah, it's not a race appropriation thing. 
when you watch the film, you're going to see that that's what Taskmaster does. I mean, you see it in this trailer. He's yeah. watching presumably CCTV footage, but it's clearly just footage from yeah. the corridor fight in yeah. Iron Man 2. Two. Fucking hell. Of, of Widow. And there's a bit where you see them kind of both get up at the same time. Yeah. And it's like, oh <clears throat> shit, Tasha, he's got it's, your moveset. It's the mimic. Sorry. They've got your moveset. Yeah, because <clears throat> I still believe it's, it's Rachel Weisz in the suit. Although, then again, that could be Red Herring. Because there is that could other, there is that other actor who who's in the cast who's on the poster. We don't know what part he's playing. He's just in the bottom, and he's uh, he his Twitter profile a few months back said hashtag Taskmaster, and then it, that disappeared. Yeah. So it's like, huh. but maybe he's the red herring. Maybe but, he's playing Taskmaster, yeah. and then in the film it's like, no, he's not Taskmaster. If it if it what well, if it's a switcheroo? Because if it is a if it is a, an Iron Man a modified Iron Man suit, mon, Iron Man tech um, <clears throat> sort of motion. Uh, mimicry like we saw in Civil War yeah then then anyone could te- theoretically wear be the Taskmaster. it I and love they could that, do a switcheroo I love that we're kind of getting Taskmaster's supervillain academy in that he runs he, the Red Room he's, yeah. he's got the Red Room and he's running it so he's creating a legion of Black Widows yeah it's like that's cool um, that is cool like that, that that the poster itself just like the fact that there's Tasha in the front and then behind her's just all these silhouettes it's like oh my god are they all in the Black Widow program now Oh, that's scary. We're getting into full-on kind of like uh, Winter Soldier, Mancurian candidate stuff again. It looks like there's brainwashing going on. Um, we've got David Arbor looking like an absolute beast. Canturian Mantidate. We Capturian Iron Man date. Uh, on the subject of David Harbour, <sighs> I'm assuming you've seen that Stranger Things 4 has already blown its load. How do you mean? Blown its load? By revealing that Hopper's back. Yeah, all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I. Oh, I, I, went, that... I went on a very dignified Twitter rant about that. Oh, yeah. No, I did see. This, yeah, this has, yeah. No, of course, of course. Like, this, I, I have no interest in watching Stranger Things for, and as a, as a like, also a death as a neurotic device it's... with immediate resurrection is now something I am so done with because it's lazy drama. See, I, and I say that as someone whose favorite show in the world is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where that happens between five and six. But she is dead at the end of series five. But they play She's it for absolutely drama dead. As well. Yeah, I don't have a problem with like <clears throat> and and same with Doctor Who. Like the main character dies yeah. all the time, but that's a that's a show re- reshake. It's not a. I don't have a huge you know, problem with the like, character can die with death and resurrection. We've seen them die in Impossible Astronaut. We've seen the Doctor die. I don't have so. a huge problem with it because <clears throat> it can lead to interesting drama for the other True. characters. True, I just feel it's overused. Yeah. So like yeah. with Stranger Things, it was like. His his closing was so beautifully done. Yeah, that I mean, like I kind of he's back next series. He's like, oh, for God's I sake. kind of hope. I kind of hoped that season three was like that's it, we're done. Because yeah, I oh. think that was a really good ending. <clears throat> yeah. But it doesn't. I'm I'm still interested to see what they do with it. I hope I hope you get all the enjoyment you need out of it. He says, knowing he'll never really have to watch it too because we make a pop culture podcast. Uh, David Arbour was at Liverpool Comic Con last weekend. I saw some of the pictures, and he's clearly he's clearly still shooting it because he's got like shaved head. Yeah, shaved well, they face. only released a read through video recently, <clears throat> so they've only just started production, I think. Shit! So that Hopper teaser was specifically created because I always assumed that'd just be like a snippet Possibly. of footage from the first, or episode. like one of the first things they shot. God, that's ridiculous. Maybe it was weather specific. Maybe they just shot it in America and yeah. in the winter. And... Oh, I, I don't think they will have shot it. <laughs> they will have shot it all in the states. I don't think they'll have gone abroad. What about to Canada? Well, Canada's Canada's shot it in America's hat. 
Um, um, Taskmaster's also Hawkeye. I'm just pointing that out. Yeah, and, and he, he has some Spider-Man like flips as well. Yeah, yeah, he's got. He's been watching YouTube. Yeah, well, of course, you're the Spider-Man from YouTube. Do a flip, <laughs> so I can put it into my database of moves. Oh my god! Imagine they reveal that. Mm. Well, actually, that wouldn't make sense because that happens after Civil War, and this takes place after Civil War. Too. Oh, it could be concurrent. Taskmaster's informant is. You're the Spider-Man from YouTube, guy. No. He just keeps sending you no, no. Homecoming happens <clears throat> after Civil War. Just after. Oh, yeah, of course. It's like, it's like in the couple months after Civil War. and this. Oh, this yeah, because place. they have that bit where it's like, they're watching the Captain America in like videos and like, but he's a criminal. Isn't this guy like a war criminal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. And this, and this story takes place during that. I hope we get more William Hurt. The trailers, the two trailers so far have suggested he's in one scene, but I'd quite like to see him in a couple. Hey, everybody hurts. Everybody, William hurts. Um, <clears throat> a fine actor, but, but his oh worst God, performance hands down is Lost in Space. I mean, that whole film is I terrible. Mean, but there's a bit where he literally turns. Oh, who plays? Who plays? I think Mrs. it's a Smith. A bit it? of a guilty pleasure. No, is it maybe Rogers? I think so. He just turns and says, "I love you, wife," and the delivery is just so bad. You're like, you've tuned out for this, haven't you? You have absolutely tuned out for this, Mister Hurt. You you are not here. Whereas Gary Oldman, on the other hand. Is a hundred percent in, and his CGI spider He's body. One thousand percent in <clears throat> that horrible little monkey thing that looks terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh it's not a good film. No, but I kind of love it. If you're a Matt LeBlanc fan, go right ahead. Watch oh Matt, yeah, watch Matt LeBlanc pretend to be Harrison Ford for two hours. It's it's pretty good though. <laughs> is it? No, no, it's bad. <laughs> I love it. Although the theme remix for the credits, though very nineties, yeah. Is... I was I remember I was with my parents like I was coming to town with my parents ages ago now um, and I was just flicking through the channels and I flicked onto one of like the old rerun channels and there was a classic Lost in Space on I was well, like wow this is the gayest show I've ever seen yeah because <laughs> it's like but that whole subplot was like shapeshifting aliens and one of them seduces Doctor uh, the Doctor Smith oh I'm like but this is clip. He's clearly a screaming homosexual. Flaming. And just please, please lean into it. Mm. It's so... I love it. It is. It's so... It's odd. Because we... My, I grew up... My knowledge of the original show mostly came from The Simpsons referencing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, That was my yeah. knowledge of Lost in Space. Yeah. And I ne- I'd never Lost seen an episode until I, <laughs> until I was at my parents at the time. I was like, this is so camp. I fucking love it. Danger. Danger, Will Robinson. Um, <laughs> what's the Rob- Robocop? Robbie, Robbie. No, robot. it's just the it's just the robot. I think is it probably the robot from Forbidden Planet. Oh, of course. Is it the same or near enough the same? Uh, I think it might be the same model. design because one of them appears in Gremlins. It's on the phone when you cut to the event advent, inventor fair very briefly when yeah when um when uh, Rand Peltz was trying to phone home like one of them's answering the phone. That's one of my favourite gags in Gremlins. In the background, you've got the time machine. Like, the Robert Louis Stevenson, the time machine yeah. in the back. Is it Robert Louis Stevenson? H.G. Wells. H.G. Uh, Wells, yeah. Why I do you say Robert Louis Stevenson? It's that I kind of era of technology and Steam Power and all that shit. Yeah. And it's there in the background. And then it cuts like to the other stuff and it cuts back to him on the phone trying to get... And the time machine's gone and there are people standing there going like, what the... Like, trying to find where this exhibit's gone. It's like, that is so good! God, I love you, Gremlins. Uh, that's the uh, that's the new one. That's the original Lost in Space robot. There he is. Hello, with his domey head. 
The new one is... And that's a toy from, like, the 90s, isn't it? Like, what they were putting out yeah. a bunch of remote-controlled toys. They've been doing that recently in the States. A lot of toy companies are making retro toys again, but aimed at young kids. So there's a new Iron Giant toy out right now. Yeah! From Walmart. It's like a really... It's, it's about, sort of, like, 12, 13 inches tall. It's bulky as sin. It's got a bunch of accessories. And it's like... Huh. Okay. I'm up for that. Like, uh, Hasbro just revealed, because they've now got the Ghostbusters license. Yes. So they've revealed they're doing six-inch action figures with decent detail and a builder figure part. They're do of, of the original lineup, and Dana and Goza, and the builder figure is the Zool Terror Dog. Uh, which is really annoying, because it's like, I bet you're never going to do Vince Claw, though, you bastards. I want one to sit in a pile of coats on a bed. Wave two. <clears throat> Where, no, Wave 2, they'll do something from Ghostbusters 2. They'll check it out. Wave 3. Probably. Wave 3. Maybe. But they're also doing... Wave 4 is Extreme Ghostbusters. And they're also doing like these really simplified cartoony action figures based on the original film. And they're really cool and straightforward. Oh, and, like, like um, Galaxy Adventure, Disney Toy Box style. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, Less articulate, but but yeah, that kind of like yeah. super stylized. And they are... Uh, what What's the, the flippums or the scream... Screaming figures, or whatever the ones they used to do with the heads turned around, they screamed. Yeah, I but, had but, some of those. But the, the Ghostbusters don't do it. It's the uh, the ghosts they come packaged with have a scream feature. Oh, so good. so they've gone like here, that's good. have some like basic Ghostbusters those, figures with screaming ghosts. Some of those Ghostbusters uh, like weird weird gimmick action figures were fucking great. <laughs> and there's a Slimer and Stapleton so in that good. range as well. And then they're doing uh, a recreation of the the sort of the Kenner. Um, figures with uh, of just like the basic real Ghostbusters yeah, figures. That's pretty um, cool. Where, where Slimer is boxed as Green Ghost as he was. The, the Green Ghost! So um, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty sweet. Looks pretty sweet. Oh god, they're doing proton packs and guess what? They are just like plain blue plastic with stickers oh. on. See what I mean? Like they're making these toys knowing full well <gasps> that parents are mostly going to be buying them for their kids going, oh. no, no, seriously! Play with these things, please! I don't have children, I'm gonna buy them for myself. Um, do it, do it! They have like they have like combined PKE meters and stuff, like like ones where you can click stuff to it to change your playstyle. We're not sponsored, but if they'd like to. <laughs> why why don't I have any money? There's only one there's only one afterlife toy as of yet. For the basic stylized figures, the Ecto one is based on afterlife, not the originals. So it's got okay. uh, it's clean design, but it's got like the gunner seat. And, and some yeah. of the features that we're going to see in the new one instead of the original. That's it's fine. like, that's fine. Sure, that's whatever. Fine. Like, combine them. I'm sure we'll get Afterlife merch if this sells well after the films come out because they've been playing it pretty close to the chest so far as to what's happening in that film. Yes. So, I'm game. Christopher. Matt's defer. Tell me about Jungle Cruise. The Jungle Cruise is a ride that's been around in most of the Walt Disney Central Parks uh, since their inception. It's famed for having skippers. Who take you on a journey through the Amazonian jungles. Uh, they tell incredibly cheesy, corny-ass jokes to the point where it became a bit of a trope. <laughs> by the 90s, that like, oh my god, the skippers have to keep saying these stupid jokes. So Disney leaned hard into that, and now your skippers are people who are completely self-aware. And essentially, out of all your cast members, are the best improv comedians. They will just put them on the Jungle Cruise. So as a result, this ride with pretty old-ass animatronics... Um, and terrible jokes like, there it is, everyone, the backside of water. And all these just sort of weird little nuances and not whatnots is made enjoyable by your skipper being an absolutely sarcastic badass. 
Uh, Jungle Cruise is the latest Disney ride to get a film adaptation, and the second full trailer has just dropped. The first one dropped last October, I think we talked about it. And the new one's just dropped, and it basically is... It's another film in the ongoing loose series, Dwayne the Rock Johnson wears khaki and fights in a jungle. <laughs> but this one's from a different studio. This is from a different studio, yeah. So two Jumanji's uh, Journey 2 was one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Oh, what, he was in another one. Was he in Sahara? No, he wasn't in Sahara. No, no, he wasn't. Was, was, that, was that McConaughey? I'm not sure. It was yeah, pe- I it, was think people it, was. In, it was people in khaki. Um, I've done at least one other one as well. Thinking where of, been um, Rampage, partly. The He's original. In khaki for some Rampage. The, you're thinking of Welcome to the Jungle. Slash the rundown, depending on what territory you're in. Which yes, I think the Rock might be in that. That was an early Rock. That was an like, early. Like he's still got hair. He's not. Yeah. He's not. He's not become as he calls himself the big, bald, brown, beautiful man. That and, he, he is. and he wasn't as massive as he is now. God, he's massive now. He's flipping massive. You watch him in the start of the Mummy Returns, and you're like, you're tiny. You just put it, but it's like he's fucking huge, man. He has small legs. He's like an action figure. Yeah. He's got small, muscular, but small legs. He's a Dorito just, with legs. He's Buzz Lightyear. Buzz, Buzz, he's Buzz. Buzz Lightyear. Well, no, because Buzz Lightyear, they make a conscious effort to like kind of in, in, imply that Buzz Lightyear's got a bit of weight on him. Yeah. He's a little bit porky. And it's like, all right, but I Jesse, like that. Jesse likes that. One of the like three things we can cosplay. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Fat Thor, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> and if we tape our legs extra small, early rock. Uh... But yeah, um, the big brown, bald, beautiful man uh, is back in the Jungle Cruise, starring alongside Emily Blunt and Jack Whitehall. Who have you noticed? Two trailers down, no dialogue for him. Like they've not given him a moment. I think he might say a couple words in the first one, but they've not given him like. I think they've realised that everything he said is not funny. Full disclosure: we're not huge fans of Jack Whitehall's style of humour. That's um, what. That's why I like him in Good Omens because he's not funny. He's not a funny character. He's he's a pathetic character, yeah. and he he plays it incredibly endearingly and straight. He plays it straight. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, what's really interesting about this, like a, a different version of the word straight, but obviously there was a whole controversy last year. They were like Jack White will be playing a, a homosexual character in Jungle Cruise. It's like, right? Why is that? Why is that new? Oh, it's because you want to drill up publicity. But of course, we know the way Disney does things, and you can maybe confer this in terms of Onward, because you're going to be reviewing Onward, surely. Yes. Um, Disney downplay that in the actual films so much that you feel the only reason they announce it is to make you go, oh, cool, like more representation in cinema. Great. Thanks, Disney. But then they downplay it so much in a way that can usually be dubbed over in the Chinese market and other countries and territories where homosexuality is either a crime or something that they don't like. Yes. Is it downplayed on, onward as well? Uh, you could lose the dialogue. That, that yeah. Wow. Quite easily. Wow. Holy fuck. Wow. This is the world we live in, guys. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Spaghetti about shortage it. and homophobia stopping films from just telling the damn stories they want to tell. This I is know, ridiculous. Right? And companies being too chicken shit to to fight back against it. Anywho, Jungle Cruise is a fun-looking, at least, sort of adventure movie. It kind of looks like a combination of The Mummy and Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm here for it. The second trailer it's looks got pretty very, fun. Um, it's got very... I'm getting very... Giamatti's in it. Yes. So it's always good. I'm getting I'm there. Um, very uh, Jewel and Isle vibes off it. Yes. I'm definitely here for. Yes. Yeah, um, a little bit of uh, Kurt Russell. No. no um, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Yes. Because there's two, isn't there? Jewel of the Nile and... Uh, the other one that no one likes. <laughs> that 
other one? The one with the stuff. Ruby and the something, probably. <clears throat> I don't know. Ruby and the dedus. Um It's back when your action heroes were all like 30, 40 somethings with sweeping mullets. Yeah. And all the heroines they were playing off yeah. against, for the most part, were like 18. Um, but, also, but it's got some charm. It's got some charm as a film. It, 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 it looks like it looks like it's uh, it looks like it's going to be poking fun at a lot of that stuff as well. Oh yeah, the, like the, the final shot where they're the, swinging the, yeah, to get away from swing. something and they don't quite make the landing, and he's just sort of like gripping it with his heel. And Emily Blunt just not having any time for his bullshit. Yeah, Emily Blunt giving sort of like Mummy Two Rachel Vise vibes. Yeah, which I'm here for. I'm I, here for all day long. I hope it's good. Do I believe it's going to be? Probably not. I really want it to it be. It could be. I think. I think at best we're looking at mm. a sort of a successor to the pirate, the original Pirates of the Caribbean, fun, tongue-in-cheek adventure stuff, self-aware adventure stuff. Hopefully, it's successful enough that Disney finally go right, Guillermo. Shall we make this haunted mansion movie that we've been like cock teasing you with being able to make for the last five, six, seven years? Game the haunted mansion movie. No, I'm making another fish fucking movie. I want the fuck fish. Can I put a fish? Getting fucked in the haunted mansion. Yes, because you're everyone's favourite Krampus. I love that a fish fucking movie is like the best movie of that year. I finally bought it the other week. Have you seen it yet? I've seen Chip Boy. Oh yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, I saw Chip Boy. But it was one of those where I was like, I'm not in a rush to buy it, I will buy it eventually. And then the other week we bought Ready or Not. It's... And my recommendations immediately recommended A Quiet Place, which we didn't have, and The Shape of Water. And mm. they were both like on mm. Blu-ray, like mm. four pound. I mm. went... Oh, go on then. Excellent. <laughs> like, get him in the basket. Excellent. Let's bring him home. Bring him home. On the subject of Emily Blunt, I'm really looking forward to <clears throat> Quiet Place Part 2. I really hope it's good. If you're listening to this, uh, at the very latest on the Friday of the YouTube release, um, Channel 4 are showing a Quiet Place on yeah. Saturday night. And I've teamed yeah. up with, uh, with the motion picture company. So after it's finished, there will be a special look. Uh, vignette slash feature, which is rare that a, a British a terrestrial channel terrestrial gets channel that. Does so that stuff, that's, yeah. that's interesting. So is it, um, is it Paramount Quiet Place? I think so. So good on them. Like, well done, guys. That's actually really, really cool. Maybe, the, maybe Film Four pulled some strings. Yeah, I reckon so. I reckon um, so. But that's pretty cool. But also, I love the fact that you know <clears throat> most actors who go into directing, like direct, like fucking. Um, coming of age dramas or or or, or self like actualized yeah. bi- semi biographical fucking um, festival <laughs> circuit dramas. John Krasinski just I'm going to do a creature feature. I'm going to do a creature feature, and you're all going to respond really well to it. So I'm going to be like, I do have an idea for a second part. I'm just going to do that. I love it. Between I getting it. buff and playing Jack Ryan, I'm going to make another creature feature. And I, I hope with my wife being a badass. I feel like he's all the way in for genre stuff, which a lot of like actors turned directors are not. They're just like, eh, whatever. A lot of actors who get control of the next project make, like, weird shit like Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk's fucking just the best. Um, do you use that word, the best, in the traditional context? No. It's new and uh, heretofore undiscovered <laughs> use of the word best, which you are previously unfamiliar with. For those who don't know, Hudson Hawk was a passion project of Bruce Willis's. It's so bad. Around the time he was really pushing his musical career in the late <gasps> 80s, early 90s. And it's basically, he's, a, he's like a jewel thief who times his thieve, thieving to music. Like swing songs. So he's singing it's him a and, lot. It's him and Danny Aiello. And there's lots of musical sequences where they're just singing out loud to each other. It's not a musical, but it may as well be. And there's a bunch of spies all named after chocolate bars. 
There's a bit where they're flying on a glider. Yeah, there's like a. Di- it's like the look. The, the, it's all about like the search for Da Vinci's Philosopher's Stone. And there's a. Uh, there's oh god. And there's got uh, a great Richard E. Grant villain performance. This oh yes oh okay that's quite good in it. He's great in it. And who's but the last who plays his sister? It is, and I have to stress this. This is not proven and is rumor. I have to stress this before I mention it because they do make a fuss out of this with Hudson Hawk. Do you know about the the missing thirty million dollars rumor? <laughs> so Hudson Hall cost the same as Terminator 2. <laughs> Terminator 2 that is money a big... does not appear on screen. Yeah. Just... Terminator 2 is a well it does, you just don't realise. Rumoured. Hey. Rumoured. We don't know because Terminator 2 had a budget of however many, and the majority of it would have gone to Arnie, like paying for Arnie to reprise the role. Oh Sandra Bernhard is his sister. <laughs> the Mayflower twins. Um and then the rest of it would have gone to the effects budget for the most part, because Terminator 2 is an effects-heavy movie. It's still cited as one of the best action films ever made. Yeah. Like, 30-plus years on, nearly. And it, it's superb. It's beautiful. Um, Hudson Hawk has the same budget. <laughs> pre its, uh, pre its production, pre-production, so during pre-production, its budget was announced as being 30 million shy of that figure, which makes sense. And again, yeah. you could assume that maybe the majority of the budget went to paying Bruce Willis. Even though it was his project, you know he would have taken a big-ass cut because he would have like sold it to the studios like, this is the film, we're going to do it, and this, and this, and this, and this. Oh, my fee's this. Because you know that's how that, that's how, that's how baller he would have been at the time. Like It's it's a vanity project, and he yeah. also would have absolutely charged them a ridiculous amount of money. Bruce Willis is known for charging a lot for very little. The reason his character leaves the Expendables franchise and his character is replaced by Harrison Ford's character is because he didn't, he couldn't be asked to do filming. Stallone was like, we want you for three days and we'll pay you three million for three days. Like three million dollars for three days of shooting. Two scenes, three days. And Willis turned around and went, four million. And Stallone went, fuck you. <laughs> wrote his character, it's the third one I think, isn't it? He I wrote so. his character out and wrote in Harrison Ford's I character. I haven't watched any of the Expendables since <clears> the first one because the first one was terminally boring. Second one's more more fun. Okay, it's it's still stupid, but it's more fun. And the finale's really fun. It's in an airport thing. That's one with Arnie joins, it, isn't it? The second one. He's in. He's in, He's got a cameo in the first one. Yeah, yeah, he gets involved in the action sequences, and he literally says at one point during it, "I told you I'll be back." And it's like, oh my god, this film knows full well what it's doing. This is ridiculous. I'm here for it. I've not seen the third, but I kind of want to now just to stick it my finger up and tell Bruce Willis to swivel. $30 million is added by the time the film's released. People are like, where'd that go? And no one will confirm. But rumour, not proven. Don't sue us, Bruce Willis. Uh, story goes that an effects artist came out and went, I was paid for additional overtime. Not $30 million. I was paid for additional overtime on the post-production of the movie. CGIing in a sturdier hairline for Bruce Willis. <laughs> Frame, frame by frame. Now, when you think about that, that is so good. So, twenty-four frames a second, folks. Twenty-four frames a second. Bruce Willis is the main character and is probably in at least ninety percent of the shots in the film. Yeah. So, ninety percent of the film, frame by frame, a visual effects artist putting a stronger hairline on an actor that is... in the days where you would have to just paint it frame by frame you couldn't like incorporate it motion capture just wear a better wig um 
Wait, it's a wig. Not a wig. It's not a wig. It's his hair. It's back when his hair was receding quite a bit. Because Bruce Willis Wait, has always had a receding hair. Bruce line. Willis doesn't wear a wig, but Bradley Walsh does. Yep. When will you wear wigs? Um, <laughs> so yeah, Bruce Willis, like throughout the 80s, his hairline was receding and that's fine. That is. There's no reason to be embarrassed about that. Same goes to you, Tom Cruise. Your sexuality is your thing to own. Why do you have some kind of weird hold up about oh, it? Okay. Oh, yes, it's because your religion apparently has a problem with it, but whatever. Um, but doesn't mind covering it up. Anyway, the point is, don't sue us. It's all conjecture and rumour. Um, but... But where's your wife, David Miscovich? <clears throat> well, uh, that's the thing with, with the Bruce Willis thing. He refused to sort of either shave his hair off, get implants, wear wigs or whatever for the longest time. And knowing what we know about Bruce Willis now, it's probably because he didn't, he couldn't be asked to go to makeup half an hour earlier to have a wig applied. Oh yeah, yeah. So, and eventually he bites the bullet and shaves and Bruce Willis has been bald in every Bruce Willis film since like, what, 99? Something like that. Um, and it's a good look. He looks good. He's a good looking bald man. Um, you know, it, it's like, deal with it. But, there was a period where he was like determined to keep his hair in and wouldn't wear wigs. Yeah. And you could absolutely imagine that on a vanity project where he could probably squeeze an extra 30 mil out of the studio on budget, he would have someone digitally bulk out his hairline in every frame. It's weird. That is weird. Especially because if I remember correctly, the poster, he's wearing a hat. Like, just make that a character trait. Wear the hat for the whole film. He's got, like, a hat and sunglasses on in the poster or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Jungle Cruise looks fun. Jungle Cruise looks um, fun. <clears throat> cinemas now. In cinemas now, folks. In cinemas now. Not put back because of a virus. Like, Peter Rabbit 2 has been. I'm not even Peter kidding. Peter Rabbit 2 is the coronavirus. I'm, de- I'm, 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 I'm kind of, like, I'm devastated for the sake of cinema because it's, like... <laughs> This is not like cinema. Like a lot of cinemas are going to lose business that they were definitely going to have that would help support them. Yeah. Because cinemas, folks, maybe franchises, maybe chains, but a lot of those actual individual places of work and the employees in them will only survive if the theatre they're working in makes a decent amount on concessions. That's how it works, unfortunately. And um, unfortunately, Peter Rabbit was the kids' movie for the Eastern yeah, release. Yeah, yeah. Without that, you're gonna have a lot less, like a gargantuanly reduced amount of business over cinemas at Easter and that is going to affect the individual chains. That sucks because the people who work there don't deserve to deal with all that shit. But it's also kind of great for me because it means more people probably buy tickets to the Easter theatre show I'm doing. Yay! (laughs) They won't be taking their kids to see Peter Rabbit during half term. Yay! So come on down guys, ntrlincoln.co.uk Peter Rabbit 2 Peter Boogaloo. You know Daisy Ridley didn't return for it. Shocking. Her part's been recast, and there's no word as to why. Shocking. And it makes me think that maybe she just went. I don't. I don't need this. I don't. I don't need this now. I'm surprised she didn't do that with Rise of Skywalker. Um, All of the actors now. Have you seen them? All of them are making throwaway jokes at its expense. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they've all they've formed a WhatsApp group. Of, yeah. They've just gone. <laughs> shall we just? Shall we just audibly give no shit? Well, this didn't work out. It's so strange. It's really, really it is weird. So strange. Um, and yet, completely understandable. Just, just make um, more Mandalorian, Disney. Just do that. I love it when actors can turn around and be like, "Yeah, that wasn't good." My best story ever: Michael Caine, the Jaws: The Revenge. Mm. I have never seen that movie, but I've seen the house that that movie paid for, <laughs> and it is a very nice house. I think you kind of have Genuine to have that self awareness of being like, "Yeah, I know when something <clears throat> I was in was good, and when something I was in was bad." 
and yeah. I can be open about it. But a lot of the time, the studios are like, we don't want him to say bad things about this. But I think it's, there's, there's more to be gained from acknowledging something's quality. Yeah. And still being able to talk about it and still being able to like it even. Hmm. Then there is to be like, I have to tell you everyone this thing was good, even though I didn't think it was. Christopher Walken was once asked about his acting technique. Quite a candid interview. I can't remember what show it was. But the interviewer was being very kind of, you know, candid with him. He said, like, yeah. says, you've done a lot of films. Like, you have done so many movies. This was during the 2000s. You've done all well. the films. He said, like, you've done all the films, Mr. Walken. Um, like, and the thing is, they're not all critically acclaimed movies. But you apparently have a, a philosophy as to why. Like, you just, if you get offered a job, nine times out of ten, you take it, apparently. Why is that? And he says, well, there are actors who, you know, who don't get that frequent uh, work. And, like, I would, you know, I, if I were in that position, to see someone just turning a job down, I think it's disgusting. Like, you know, you, you take it. You'd be given an opportunity to take it. But also, every job is a learning experience. No matter what it is, you were going to learn something from it about your craft, about your work ethic, about the people you work with. So I want to take on every single one. And the guy then says, like, like what, even Balls of Fury? Just to remind people, a film about, like, the martial art-esque learning of table tennis. Yeah, bad. And Christopher Walken hears that, laughs and goes, well, and also the money's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, openly basically going, yeah, some of these films are shit, but, yeah. like, I get paid and... I, I guess I learned some of it as well. It's like I said before, if my if my career as an actor <laughs> is just like straight to video oh. C movies. Oh. Like <clears throat> there's a wonderful I'd love it. I'd be happy. Love there's it. a wonderful actor. She's amazing. She's called Charlie Bond. Give her a follow on Twitter. She's brilliant. She like her Twitter bio itself is like you may recognise me from like the the, the the lowest DVD shelf of your local Tesco. Yeah. yeah. Because she does a lot of like horror flicks and, and low budget horror flicks and stuff um, I became aware of her because I, I, I put some money to a crowdfund for a project called Dead Air which is basically gremlins on a plane and it looked great Charlie Bond in that. Charlie Bond yes okay yeah she is great what's the bio what's the bio uh, British action video artist mainly in the horror section of your friendly local video store there it is yeah there you go love it um, she's great but she um, she has talked about how she's insanely grateful for basically having made a, a you know a decent living out of being in C, D, E, F list, like horror films and stuff. Because she just has fun. She's having fun and earning money. And is like, sod it. I don't mind being like victim number four in this slasher film. Yeah. I don't mind being uh, final girl in this monster movie. I don't mind being this. Like, good on you. She's got, re- she has a really good work ethic. She's worth a follow. Uh, what's, the, what's the handle? Is it? Uh, at Miss Charlie Bond. M.S. Or M-I-S-S. M-I-S-S. M-I-S-S Charlie Bond, guys. Go yeah. give her a follow. She's great. Charlie I-E, not Charlie E-Y. Yeah. Uh, tell her tell tell big damn sent you. Um, no, but she's great. Like, work ethic-wise, hilarious. And, like, I agree. I'd freaking love to do that. Her credits include Strippers vs. Werewolves, The Fall of the Essex Boys, Vendetta, Riot, Curse of the Witching Tree, Patient 7, Art Ache, Hellriser, Slumber, Hellriser, King, King Lear, yeah. Dead Air, Pandemonium. Love it. I'm going to have to look at some of those films now. <clears throat> but anyway, we're not talking about any of those. We're I mean, talking we are, about moving... We yeah. but, we're talking um, about moving... Forward! forward. Fuck, I've got it wrong. 
Got it wrong. So onward, it's the new Pixar movie. It is two brothers. It's just two, two brothers. brothers. Um, and they're and the, running. The bond between these brothers. It's just... Um, <laughs> is there running? Are they running? Uh, there's a little bit of running, but mostly driving. <laughs> so what is the basic plot of Onward, good sir? So it's bright, but good. Is that a thing? <laughs> it is a, a world where... It's a fantasy world, but that's that's progressed to the modern day. Mm-hmm. So there's no humans or anything. It's all fantasy creatures. The main characters are elves. Racist propaganda. Yes. <clears throat> um, the main characters are elves. The 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 boy's stepfather is a centaur police officer. Um, <laughs> and many others. The, the unicorns and dragons are pets. Like. It's Zootopia, but fantasy It's Zootopia, creatures. but Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. There's an in-universe like Dungeons and Dragons stand-in um, called... Uh, Quest of Yore, I think it is. Um, that that Barley, the Chris Pratt brother, plays. Called is... Coronavirus, and it features uh, humans oh. stocking up on toilet paper. No, it's it's presented as it's Dungeons and Dragons, but it's presented as historically accurate. Okay. So the game is <coughs> like historically, um, it's it's all taken from actual history. Like all the spells and spellcraft and all the rules and stuff. From our history. From their history. From their history, okay. From their history. Okay. So, it's, yeah, uh, which comes into play. Um, (laughs) So the two boys... uh, Two brothers. Bali, the elder, is a bit of a fuck up with a panel van. So, you know, with a sweet drawing of a unicorn on it. So what are you going to do? The brief would be a Chris Pratt type. A Chris Pratt type. A a pre... A pre Guardians of the Galaxy Chris Pratt type. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, he's slightly old. He's the elder. elder, um, And then the younger Ian, played voiced by Tom Holland, is... He's doing all the voice work. All the voice work. Nuts. All um, American as well. Yeah. But he's, his accent's pretty fucking flawless, so... Um, <laughs> Damn fine. And he's, he's, just, he's got the right energy for a lot of it as well. Uh, he is... He's about to turn 16... And his their father passed away just before Ian was born. Okay. So Damn. so Bali doesn't really have any memories of him. Mm. And like, Ian he has never like met a, him. he has like a couple, and Ian never met him at all. Okay. <clears throat> then on Ian's sixteenth birthday, he <coughs> his mum gives him something that that I'd put away for him for when the, for when Ian turned sixteen, and it's a magic staff. And magic's kind of gone out of the world. There isn't really magic anymore, but. The boy's father believed that there was still some magic in the world and that they could, hoped that they had some because they, he's left him a spell to bring him back for a day so we can see who they've grown up to be. And they do the spell and it doesn't quite work and they only bring him up from the waist down. <laughs> bring him back from the waist down. <laughs> so they have 24 hours to get another MacGuffin yeah. to do this spell to bring the rest of him back before he disappears forever. Jeez. Because you can only do the spell once. <clears throat> That's a bit heavy. That's the plot. That's a bit heavy. Oh, mate. <coughs> guess what I was at the end of this film? A crying, blubbering crying mess. Crying like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like a small child whose ice cream has dropped on the floor in the middle of a Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's <laughs> just... It gets you, man. I guess, and I came out of it, I was like, fucking Pixar, man. Every fucking time. Well, not every time, because... Good Dinosaur exists. Good di- yeah. But, like, more more than more often than not, 
They'll they do summit. Just, it's like it's to tug on they, your heart. I mean, look, Coco. Yeah, oh, Jesus, Coco destroyed Jesus me. Jesus, wet. Um, it's not as good as Coco. I don't think anything ever will be. But it is quite good. It uses its conceit smartly. It doesn't like throw too many. What if the real? What if the modern day, but fantasy creatures at you? Mm. It's quite smart in the way it uses its. It like it picks one joke, yeah, and then expands on that and expands on that and expands on that to logic in a logical sense rather than doing and this thing and this thing and sight gag and sight gag and sight gag. I'm sure I've seen a clip where there's, and like, there's a whole thing again with, like and shrinking and growing sort of stuff. There is a there is that that is a spell gone wrong, um, and also a sprung. Brings in pixies. Oh. Brings in pi- Shall I get into spoilers? So I can tell you some cool Hit stuff. Hit me with some spoilers. If you, if right. you don't want to... Uh, if, if you don't want to know... Go and see it. Out. It's good. It's not as good as Coco. It's better than Incredibles 2. And That's Monsters hard. University. That's not hard. Um, I, do, I, do have a, I do have a fondness for Monsters University. Yeah. It's, it's a good Pixar film. It's, it's, it's no Inside Out or Coco, but it's, it is good. It's in the better half of Pixar stuff. Stick around for emails in a little while, but first, some spoilers for Onward. So, um, cool things that it does. Ian never gets to meet his dad. Damn, that is okay. All when right. it comes down to it, it takes them so long to get the MacGuffin, mm-hmm. and Ian has to use his magic to f- fend off the curse that they un- un- unleash by getting the MacGuffin. That only Barley gets to see his dad, and only for about five minutes. Damn. Okay. And so you see, you don't hear their conversation. You see their interaction from Ian's point of view with his dad turned away. Yeah. Oh, God. So his dad is, does he ever... Fucking heartbreaking. Does his dad even, like, set eyes on Ian? Does he nope. ever see him? Oh, God. Nope. So, oh, God. But the main through line is Ian realising that despite him and his brother, you know, being at odds sometimes, and they're not... Super dysfunctional. They're just like normal dysfunctional. Yeah, yeah. Like they're very close. They're at that brothers. age where they're becoming they're becoming adults. Yeah, and their their like well, philosophies and lifestyles are clashing now. And Bali basically is an adult. Yeah, but he's a, he's in a state of arrested development. So and he's constantly quote, and he's obsessed. a Chris Pratt type. Yeah, quote. He's obsessed with his quests of your <laughs> stuff. His fake D and D stuff. Um, and everything is a quest. You know, he's very he leans into it, but he also believes that. As part of that, he does believe that they've lost something mm. by by being as modern as they are. Like, yeah. they're sort of not quite stepdad who's the centaur, their mum's boyfriend. Um, he is so out of shape because he drives everywhere. And so, yeah. he, and so <laughs> Bally's like, you don't... You're a centaur. You used to be able to run seventy miles, and, you know. Yeah. And he's like, "I don't need to. I don't need to run anywhere. I've got a car." It's things like that. Um, How does a centaur fit in a car? Quite funnily, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a shot of him getting out of it, and he's just like the idea is he's, <laughs> his his back end takes up the whole back seat of the car. All oh, right. Okay. So he just sort of like collapses the front seat down, puts his back end in. <laughs> pedals with his front feet ah! Jesus but he's clearly uncomfortable in this big cop car <laughs> yeah. and he barely fits in it because he's massive he's a centaur um, um, it's got and it's got some really cool but one of the main one of the main um, sort of gags that they really expand on 
is they have to go to the Manticore's Tavern to get to... When they realise that they need a Phoenix Gem, the MacGuffin, mm. they have to go on this quest. And they, and all good quests start at the Manticore's Tavern because the Manticore, she has all the knowledge yeah. of the, the, the quest. And she, but you've got to respect her. It turns out the Manticore's <laughs> Tavern has been turned into like a Chuck E. Cheese-style <laughs> uh, theme restaurant. Uh, that's a good idea. And then the Manticore is, also, is like, you know, reformed and she's like... it's like Octavia Spencer plays her. And it's like a, she's like a buttoned-up... Um, manager of the place <laughs> and then they managed to get her to just um, they managed to get through to her and she just has like a midlife crisis breakdown and just wrecks the place <laughs> just like pulls all the like the fake cladding off all the walls and yeah. gets back to the original and just like gets everyone out and then she sort of rediscovers her adventurousness yeah um <laughs> And it's just, it's just, it's just like are, there, like. are there crappy animatronics and stuff? There's a Manticore mascot. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. There's a dude dressed up as the Manticore. Brilliant. Um, That's a great idea. And like, the kids coloring things based on her old like quest maps. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just been completely sanitized and yeah. turned into this cutesy little. And part of her breaking point is that she's getting nagged by a a, a hen party to that the karaoke machine's broken. And trying to fix it, um, <laughs> and then she needs to get her cursed, her cursed breaking sword back, okay. so they can help defend the boys. Because the B plot is um, the boys' mum and the Manticore trying to get to the boys before they get the Phoenix Gem, because they don't know about the curse. Right, and what is the curse? It basically uh, summons a big dragon. Oh shit! But it turns out that the the Phoenix Gem is hidden near their school. The mascot of which is a dragon. So the dragon manifests and it uses the body, it uses the school to create its body. Oh, that's freakish. So the the, 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 <coughs> the goofy face of the smiling dragon sports mascot is the dragon's face. Oh, that's horrifying. And it, it's got some, it's some really cool visual gags in that. It's it's very good. So they're fighting this big sort of like concrete dragon, like yeah. a dragon made out of concrete, um, like fragments of the school. It's some really, really inventive stuff in there. Um... Yeah, Barley gets shrunk down by a spell that Ian's trying that backfires, it turns him tiny, gets into a big fight with a bunch of biker pixies. Mm. <laughs> but in doing so, reminds the pixies that they don't need bikes because they can fly. Oh, right, of course. Yeah. But they again, they don't fly, they just bike, they bike, bike everywhere. everywhere. They'd, be, they'd be biking. But it takes a team of pixies to operate a motorcycle because they're tiny. <laughs> so when like four bikes pull up at a gas station... Fucking forty pixies come out of the bike and start wrecking the like the gas station shop. Um, yeah, it's and then of course you've got some weekend at Bernie's fun stuff with them Trying leading to disguise a pair of legs, them leading the pair of legs around with like rags on top with like a dog lead or a unicorn lead, I suppose. No a dragon lead because they've got a pet dragon. Um, <clears throat> And it's just, it's just, there's just some really smart. It's like the concept of bright, mm. but it mi- not written by a sexual predator, not written by a sexual predator, and actually thought through. <clears throat> and again, they're not trying to do everything; they're just doing. Okay, well, we've got this idea, so let's like the the Manticore's Tavern Chuck E. Cheese thing. Yeah, working that to, and actually going into it in depth and thinking about how that would look. Yeah, and what that and what scenarios that could lead to. Yeah, like in terms of like sight gags and background stuff, rather than just uh, orcs and black people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it's good. It's got real <laughs> emotional no re- heart. No reality breaking pop culture references either. No. Get the fuck back home to Fiona. They still made a Shrek movie in this reality. What? <laughs> huh? I like Shrek. Wrong film, Will. Wrong film. Great voice performances. Who stands out? Holland. Holland and Pratt at the core of the film. Julia Louise Dreyfus and Octavia Spencer as their mother and the Manticore, respectively. Very, very strong. There is, of course, the female uh, gay character, <clears throat> the cop, who appears in like maybe one scene. Who's a cyclops. She might be in another scene later on. Big old press release from Disney. Yeah. Yay representation genuinely <clears throat> mean that. But how brief is it? Uh, it's... So the actress is... Where is she? Lena... Um, oh, Lena Waithe. Um, and it basically just is a conversation. So the boys disguise themselves as their mum's boyfriend using a spell okay to get out of a speeding ticket so and it's, just, it's the back and forth between these there's two officers and the the boys disguised as the centaur, as the centaur um, with Ian as the front and Barley as the back <laughs> um, like uh, dingy horse style but yeah. again it keeps moving so you see it from their perspective and then you see it from the boys perspective as they're like behind a sort of magic image yeah or like inside a sort of spectral Costume almost, yeah. Some quite neat visuals, um, and then, <clears throat> but then he's talking about they. He sort of convinces them that he's having trouble like adjusting to the boys because he's sort of, but not quite a stepfather. Mm. And then the officer Specter, the Lena Way character, is like, "Oh, I know exactly what you're like. When I was a new parent, when, when me and my girlfriend had kids." Da, 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 da. But you could easily edit that stuff out for foreign markets where they're all homophobic and shit. And then it never comes up again. Oh my god. So it's the it's the it's the LeFou thing. It's yeah, yeah. a big big press release it's guy. Dialogue. Big press release. <coughs> and we move on. She mentioned she mentions her and her girlfriend having trouble with parenting in a in a line of dialogue and that's it. And then that character's barely in the rest of the film. Hey hey Disney. Hey Disney. Do better. Hey Disney. Do more. Do better. Do more, do better. So, uh, oh God, a very quick tangent. You've heard about uh, the new Disney Plus prequel TV series that's been announced. Oh, well, the, uh, Gaston yeah, Le Gaston LeFou. What? All right. Why? Well, Why? Because. Why? Gad and Evans have signed on. Why? Because Mr. Money. Content must be fed. He must. You must appease Mr. Content. Mr. Content must be appeased. <clears throat> if you don't appease him, his children will starve. And his children need to feast. <laughs> also, so did Luke Evans and Josh Gad. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, they can make other things, and we'll all watch them. Money's good. Uh... Wow, <laughs> balls, balls of fury. So yeah, onwards. Plus series. Onwards, go. Get it. it could be worse. It could be that fucking Billy Magnuson thing, which we could haven't heard anything about. Could be Hudson <clears throat> Hawk. Hey, could be worse. It could be the emails. <gasps> what the. F- Feck? Is this where people send messages to us via an electronic device? Well, we'll get the first one out. We'll get the first one we'll get out of the way is the weekly Matt and Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans, reluctantly answer Doctor Who questions. <clears throat> My God! With another doorstopper of an email from from uh, our friend and yours, Tom Monte. Is this a chunky um, boy email? It's a chunky boy email. 
Tom, get Grammarly. Don't get Grammarly. It's a, it's a rip-off. <laughs> Proofread, guys. Don't get don't get Grammarly. And Grammarly, stop advertising to everyone. Advertise to people like who need help with writing stuff. Don't just be like, hey, everybody, do you want to be lazy as sin? Yes. Our software can make it so that your email has a pleasant tone. I am lazy as structure. sin. Like, Is oh, my clear? God. <laughs> I just find it so ridiculous. Like, I see the adverts for Grammarly on every freaking video on YouTube. And I get, like, annoyed. So I'm like, look, there are people who absolutely could do it could with be help. It could be that ad. That the, I don't think they've stopped running it now, but it's the one for the train line. Where it's like, random influencer who looks like he hasn't showered. I'm going to the days. Midlands, that guy. Where it's like, alright guys, train line's an absolutely sick app. Oh, da, 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 da. It's like, fuck off. Oh, man. there's another one at the minute for like... Unwash. For like a, I can't remember what it is, but for like an antivirus thing, and he just... No, it's for honey. It's for oh, yeah, honey. And it, the first frame of it looks like a shit post. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like, how did anyone sign off yeah. on it? Uh, because it's saying, targeted for influencers. That's why. What I'm basically saying influencers is... Influencers like you. If you genuinely need help writing, get Grammarly. If you don't have something that holds you back in that respect, teach yourself to proofread and read back your shit. People take the time to take one minute to reread through something, for God's sake. Anyway, that's uh, I'm just gonna put my old man soapbox away, um, and we're gonna get Tom Monty's old man soapbox. Hand it over out. to Tom. Uh, it says, "Dear Chris and Matt, hi Tom. In series twelve over of Doctor Whom, I will now provide my dissection of the Thirteenth Doctor. Which what the hell are their photos? Comes across as a threat more than anything else. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, said James. <laughs> so we've now had two seasons with Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor and it is with regret for me to say that I'm still yet to have that yeah, she's the Doctor moment as the show stands at the moment other than a lot of the writing I think the Doctor is one of the key factors as to why I've not been enjoying the Chibnall run I hate to say it but I think she's a miscast she feels like an excitable eccentric primary school teacher and it feels like she's trying to emulate David Tennant or Matt Smith other than being overly quirky, there are no personality traits I can think of that are exclusive to her Doctor, unlike with all the other ones. This Doctor relies so heavily on the sonic screwdriver and uses it for absolutely everything. Feels like she never solves anything herself anymore. Thirty's relationship with her companions feels off. It feels like there's no chemistry between any of them and I don't buy their relationships. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the bit where Graham asks her for advice about his cancer and she literally just says she's too socially awkward for this and shuts him down. What the hell was all that about? I just get the impression that she doesn't care for her so-called fam. She just lets them wander off and doesn't question where they are. Also, the character's comedy never lands for me, but this is mainly down to the script. Whittaker's performance is very one-note, and there are times when she overpronounces and speaks slowly, especially in exposition scenes, that really makes it feel like she's just reading from a script or lecturing to a class. Aside from the comedy, one aspect of the Doctor that I think is essential to the character is the character's darkness, and what it doesn't need to be surface level, it needs to come out every now and then, but with 13, I feel like this has been missing. I don't know if this is down to Whitaker's acting capabilities or just Chibnall's writing, but the extent of her Doctor being angry is just mildly pissed off, and even with the Gallifrey arc, this series, all it really amounted to was her pushing the Master on the floor and being a bit shouty, far from the fury of a Time Lord or the oncoming storm. And I feel like the script is the only thing giving her any presence in the room. I get no aura or authority of... Uh, or, or Gravitas from 13, and having the Ruth Doctor that's helped solidify my feelings towards her as Ruth was able to demonstrate a more unique personality than Gravitas in 10 minutes than 13 portrayed in two series. It makes me sad that Joe Martin wasn't cast as 13. It's a great shame 
because they really needed to get the first females casting right back. I think there were many ideal alternatives to Whitaker, uh, other than Joe Martin, that I think would have been more suited to the role, i.e. Emma Thompson, Tilda Swinton, Joanna Lumley, to name a few. But sadly, it was with the 13th Doctor, the first female Doctor, her only distinguishing quality is just that. I'd like to say my feelings could change in Series 13, but I think it's too late in the game for that, so I really hope it's her and Chibnall's final series, mainly because of the poetry of 13 going in Series 13 and 14 kicking off in Series 14. I would love to hear both of your thoughts on 13 after Series 12. Have your thoughts on her change since the end of Series 11? And where would you like to see the character go in Series 13? Tom Monty. There's more questions as well, that's just the first one. How about you? How are you feeling about all 13? Mostly pretty good. Um, I think, for me, it feels like the sort of, the flightiness and the overexcitement is a is a cover for a sort of, like, inner sadness and and loneliness. We saw, we saw that. Yeah. In a, in a more kind of um, assertive and oh god she's panicking kind of way toward the end of this series yeah but yeah the, at the moment that suggested that to me the most strongly was at the end of um, at the start and the end of Arachnids in the UK yeah and she's dropping them off and you can tell she's kind of like I don't really want them to but at the same time oh. she's very afraid <clears throat> to get closer to them yeah so there is sort of a there is a bat, there is a distance there but. Whether or, not, yeah. the, whether or not the... Because, again, it's also, like, it's not always just down to Jodie or even the script. Sometimes it's down to the edit. Yeah. Sometimes it's yeah. down to the direction. And I do feel... I do feel like... I st- 13's far from my favourite Doctor. Um, I like Jodie's enthusiasm a lot. I like the energy she brings to it a lot. Yeah, I think that's the defining characteristic for me. It's just that it's the attack of enthusiasm. Yeah. It's I, just I just so wish full on. I wish we got more examples of what you just said of, of like getting to kind of see the cracks a little. Yeah, I think it, that's it, developed over nice. this season. I think for me, yeah. I think that has <clears throat> but I, I hope that's then consistent going forward. I hope she doesn't sort of slot back into ah everything's lovely. Like I hope we kind of see the cracks form a little more over the next series. But uh, again, I think some of that is also down to the writing. I, I don't think I don't think she has a defined a character on paper. No. until series twelve. No. Um, that's fair and, but I've kind of grown used to that uh, we talked about this last week where, where I was like I think I've realised my era of the show is 2005 to 2010 like that's my era I've not enjoyed it anywhere near as much since but I've got enough enjoyment out of it that I've been like yeah I'm going to watch next year yeah I'm going to watch another series bring yeah. it on bring on more stuff so I've kind of I'm kind of in that comfy spot of like after Capaldi being so weirdly written um, I'm sort of like, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that she's not hitting it for me. I've only because I am not. This isn't my favorite thing on the planet. It's I've just only had I that, enjoy. that feeling with the show once, <clears throat> and that's during Clara's last season. Yeah, I just checked out and I didn't yeah. watch Face the Raven. Which is weird because that was one of the stronger ones in yeah. that series. But then it's undermined two episodes later. Yeah, so it's like, what is going on? No, I'm driving that. I didn't watch Face the Raven. I didn't watch Heaven Sent. The the woman who lived. The girl who died and the woman who lived, I couldn't stand those two yeah. stories. And I think so, that for me, that was more down to um, the casting of Maisie Williams because it kind of felt like stunt casting to be like, hey, Game of Thrones, you all like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because they've had plenty of other actors from Game of Thrones and they've never made that fuss before. Um, but also, like, Maisie Williams, you know, God bless her, great, but 
she didn't have the weight to pull off a character who has lived a yeah. hundred yeah, lifetimes yeah. and lost so much. She tried, but it's just there's only so much pretending you can do when you're in a show opposite actors who have lived a life who can bring that to it. Yeah. Like yeah. Capaldi, you felt a world weariness because Capaldi is in his fifties while he's making the show and has lived a lot and has got a lot of experiences to draw on from. Maybe... Just ask Craig Ferguson. Yeah. Well, God, <laughs> Peter will always politely skirt the stories, but it's like, <laughs> no, you guys have done some serious drugs. Um, <clears throat> but, um, but uh, like Maisie Williams doesn't have that to recall on. No. So when acting opposite actors who do, it's less effective. But also, I was put off the show at that point mostly for external reasons. There was an awful lot of aggressive, aggressive love in the fandom. Yeah. That was very off-putting. I'd be like, I'm not really feeling Clara. And I guess maybe and you'd get you'd get told off for and not I guess, liking. I, I guess like, maybe people think <clears throat> that there's a bit of that now from the other side. But I think some of it is having to sort of combat... There are genuine people who have genuine concerns about the quality of the show and people who are just like, oh, it's got women in it. Yeah, oh God. So what? it's kind of like parsing out what's what. Like, what is genuine criticism and what is just... My recent Doctor Who video that I did on YouTube, I, 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 as I do with all of my YouTube videos on my channel, I filter the comments because I have, I have uh, a preset fan base of younger people or people who watched me when they were younger finding my stuff and I don't want the comments of my channel to necessarily be something that would be horrific for them to read. Like I'm, I'm very careful of that over time. That'll, that'll end yeah. away. Yeah. But right now I'm still kind of cautious of that. So when I did the doctor opinion video, talk about where the Ruth doctor fits in the other week, I made it to the comments are censored. I will allow comments through where people are critical of the theory, the idea and this, that and the other, and they talk about why I have had so many comments that are just like, well, Doctor Who's dead and Chibnall put a vagina-shaped bullet through its heart. It's have, like, you've never seen a vagina. Have you been saving him? No. I've not had many since since we talked about it. I've, not, I've only had about two since then. And oh. they, weren't, they weren't that elaborate. Don't you worry. I will bait the morons soon. Okay. <laughs> Sounds wrong, just, doesn't it? I just wanted to read them all off. I'll um, read you off in a minute. Anyway, out of, seri- <laughs> out of Series 11 and Series 12, which do you prefer? For me, Series 12 by a long shot. But I only got any enjoyment out of episode 5 and episode 9 as opposed to none in season 11. So I can't say I'm a fan of it on the whole. I I think season 12 is generally more consistent. <clears throat> yeah. But I think season 11 had better individual standout episodes in Rosa yeah. and Demons and Punjab. And, uh, and uh, uh, oh, balls, uh, it takes you away. Oh, yeah. The woman who fell to earth is like a really quite a strong yeah. opening one as well. Yeah, I, I think I think I, yeah. I think I feel equally about season twelve's been consistently good. Yeah, but it hasn't had any. It hasn't had a Rosa. Yeah, basically, it it it, 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 it for it, me anyway. it, it had attempts at that via fandom love, but yeah. not, not in terms of just effect of a single episode. Like yeah. you could argue that Fugitive of the Jadoon was as effective as event television as Rosa yeah. was. Yeah, but Rosa obviously has way more staying power. Yeah. Fugitive of the Jadoon is like Fugitive of the Jadoon is like Day of the Doctor. It's very much about that first watch. Yes, that's what will that's what will carry it for you going forward. Day of the Doctor has problems. Mm. I still get I still get the warm fuzzies watching it because I immediately connect back to watching it for the first time and be yeah. like, "This is a what a great night! Isn't this so much fun?" <laughs> so you know, I, I I'm sort of equal. On the two seasons overall. Um, favorite and least favorite episodes from series twelve. <clears throat> uh, least favorite is it's a toss up between 
Orphan 55 and Praxius. Yeah, I think it's the same for me, really. Because I just, again, we talked about it in earlier episodes, I just, for me, I just felt like the messages are good, but I felt they were handled oddly. Orphan 55 is like two episodes worth of story crammed into one. Yeah, it should have been a two-parter yeah. and you could have done, and, and laced the idea of like, maybe this is Earth in sooner in a subtle way. I, I Inside like the number concept. nine, that shit. Yeah. Layer it in, in a way where you don't notice it and then it all falls into place. I like the concept. But instead it just kind of goes, and I like but the... it was Earth all along. It felt like, it felt like the future arm of Twilight Zone parody, the scary door. Yeah. It was just yeah, like, yeah. oh, there's a good message here, but Really? This yeah. is how you're delivering it? And Praxius yeah. was rather, oh, this is a really good message, told quite well, but then the way it was told got really boring in the last 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, the the world hopping, like, everybody's off doing their own mission stuff at the start was really enjoyable. So that, I think those are my least favourites. Um, most favourites? Spyfall. I think Spyfall's my favourite story this series. I really liked Can You Hear Me, but... Um, Spyfall, just the, the gut punch of that story was so much. It felt it, it felt exciting, and the momentum of it yeah. was really good. Yeah, I think. I, I think and as I soon as soon as they were like the masters in it, part two suddenly became a he's gonna hunt you through time yeah. story, and that was that was really cool. Like him showing up in different time periods in different guises. Spyfall. <coughs> Plus, Lenny Henry was really good in it. He was really good, and I hope they pick up that thread. That'd be nice. Yeah. More Lenny Henry, please. Um, thoughts on the rumours that Bradley Walsh and Tosin Cole are departing after the special this would mean that season 13 will consist of 13 and Yaz the first single gendered TARDIS single gendered TARDIS team of the modern run if you don't count 10 and, Wil- 10 and Wilf do you think this would work or do you think Chibs would answer the cast the idea of 13 and Yaz does not make me smile but I guess it would be a chance for Yaz to finally get a personality and allow for 13 to be centre stage for once with the TARDIS not being so bloody overcrowded I'm all for it Weirdly, I'm all for those two leaving. I think if you got rid of one and not the other, it'd be weird. They have not. There's a thread they introduced briefly in series eleven of are Yaz and Ryan gonna like flirt a little bit, and then series twelve they've distanced it completely. Yeah. Um. So it wouldn't feel like. The t- well, it wouldn't Ryan, feel like the team's being torn apart. Ryan's got Yaz's remove... sister. To be fair. <clears throat> Yeah, well, it, well, <laughs> well, but it wouldn't feel like the team's being torn apart if you took away Ryan and his granddad Graham and took them out of the show. No, it wouldn't feel like the team's been ruined. Yeah, I can't imagine Ryan going without Graham and vice versa. It just doesn't make sense it, to me. It would suck to lose Graham because I think I I think he's great. He injects so much like energy, and you can tell that there are some improv takes that have made it in. Where he's just the way he's played with a line has been so much fun. Yeah. Um, which is really nice. And and so it was suck to lose him. But at the same time, Mandip Gill's a really strong actor. I haven't fallen in love with the character of Yaz yet, but progression is being made. So maybe narrowing it down to Yaz and the Doctor will get yeah, that Yeah, Yaz is a character that has, <laughs> has been built by the performance rather than the script. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I want to see more Yaz, not because of what of what she is on the page is because of what Mandit Gill does with it. Yeah. Even if it isn't very much, she does interesting stuff with it. Yeah. And also it goes back to the old Doctor Who uh, kind of uh, uh, demographic thing of, of the earlier TARDIS teams where normally in those teams it'd be, there'd be a rough and tumble uh, bloke in the TARDIS like Ian, like Stephen, yeah. like Jamie, someone will, like Ben, someone will get their hands dirty while the Doctor doesn't because at that point they're an old frail man. Um... Whereas in this instance, 13 is... She's not physically confrontational. Yaz is a police officer. 
you could have Yaz be that like more practical, more you know. We're not we're not talking like Leela levels of, of no, but she can but, handle herself. Yeah, yeah. So that that would be interesting because thirteen could then, on the surface, be that fluffy bundle of marshmallows that she she projects out to everybody, um, giving Yaz the function and within he, the show. Here as is being my the enforcer. Person. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but like you know what I mean? Because then in the functions of the show, you you you're using some of that basic formula again of the Doctor is this, the companion is this. These are their roles. This is what they do for us, the audience, and what they do for themselves. Put them in a situation, see what happens. Remember, <clears throat> remember before season five came out, and people were theorizing that somehow Amy was an actual policewoman. From the very few pictures we got so of that police uniform, women, police women do not wear skirts like that. I don't think it was skirt. I think it was just like a really tiny pair of shorts. No, I think it was a tiny skirt. I think. No, you're right. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, because. Um, it led its court of weight to that really upsetting rumour, rumour, that a big part of why she was cast was down to just to having really nice legs. Based on a quote said from Doctor Confidential and the magazine interview at the time about her casting. I mean, she has. Both of them mentioned that like she's got legs going up to forever and it's like, why is that relevant in this conversation about her casting? Oh, and then in the first episode you put her in a tiny skirt. Oh, it's Stephen Moff. Oh, cool. Interesting. Interesting. Um, rumour. But those two things are real and you can find them. Next one. All oh, right. <laughs> next one comes in from Charlie. This is not a Doctor Who email. You froze there for a second. Yeah, I was just waiting for you to finish. Um, I'll never finish singing oh, no! Fiesta by the Pogues. Until we get hit by a copyright strike, I will never finish singing it. This comes in from my good friend Charlie. <clears throat> Charles. Xavier. He says, good ye, good even. So he's not Charles Xavier. Gentleman. Ah, Charlie. Uh, as I'm sure you've seen, Neil Druckmann, the naughtiest of dogs, <laughs> is set to start development on an adaptation of his seminal work, The Last of Us. That's a great description. What with this and Uncharted soon to begin its crawl down the pipeline. <laughs> Fucking accurate. Very true. I got to thinking, could they actually get it this right? Could they actually get it right this time? They being the faceless corporate vultures and it being a video game adaptation as a whole. I can attest as strongly if not more so than Matthew how utterly turgid the now most commercially successful video game movie is. I see loads of people have been to see Sonic and liked it though. Weird. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. They're never good, even when they're great. They're shit. <laughs> the Witcher obviously does not count being an adaptation of a series uh, of I've been meaning to read those honestly books. That is a great description of those books. But I had my reservations, nay, even outright worries about the Watchmen adaptation HBO commissioned, and then proceeded to knock out of the park. Despite the deck being firmly and historically stacked against it, could The Last of Us be good? Hell, could it be great? You know what? Bugger it. What if Uncharted was good too? <laughs> I think you may have predicted the questions already, but... Here they are. Pitch me both The Last of Us and Uncharted for their respective new mediums. Brief plot outline, do we follow the original plots or move beyond them? Or ignore them entirely and tell a totally tangential tale? You don't have to include any plot elements you may already be aware of, however, as it's already fairly entrenched in all our minds at this point. Tom Holland is young Nate. You can kill him off with the title credits if you like, but he has to be there. (laughs) Beyond that... You can kill him off with the title credit and then there's no film for the rest of the the two-hour runtime. 
Beyond that, both series and film are yours to play with and mould, not the cordyceps kind. To your liking, <laughs> I want creativity, gentlemen. I want your wax. Give me your wax. Good God. Fuckity bye. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie, for the most right, sinister so, so here's what I do. I've not thought about this at all, honest. <laughs> Uncharted would be between the teen Nate flashbacks in um, Uncharted 3 and the first Uncharted movie, and it would be the sort of early career of Nate under the tutelage of Sully. Mm-hmm. He really shouldn't be Mark Wahlberg. No, good Please, God, God no. no, not be Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> um, hey, it's me. I'm Sully. It's me. He doesn't even have the right sort of... We'll crack open uh, uh, Cora's light. No. On this car door. Big old cigar-chomping motherfucker he should be. Um, it's like Burt Reynolds, if Burt Reynolds yeah. was still around. Yes. Young, that, but he isn't, so... No. <laughs> Pick him up. Um, <laughs> Get that onward, McGuffin. Who would be a good... Sully. So we're still sticking to young I think we stick to young Nate because then instead of adapting any of the games Mm. you can just sort of slot it in between and still have it and have it be a companion to the games rather than a retelling. Alan Tudyk. What, Sully? Yes. Okay. Slightly non-conventional but he could totally play that level of lovable sleazebag. Nathan though. No, because you'd spend the whole movie going why why is he he playing Drake? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, or, oh, or, oh, or, oh, have it set after Uncharted 4. Oh, with flashbacks to <clears throat> young Nate, right? With Sully parallel to old Nate, played by Nathan Fillion, yes, with his daughter, yes, yes. I mean. No, because I don't want them to tell any stories beyond that ending. But at the it is same a good time, ending, to be fair. Good, but at the same time, that way you get the best of both worlds. You get the best of both worlds, and um, you get to set up a female-led, yeah, uh, action adventure franchise that banks on the popularity of the video game series. Yeah, shit, <coughs> shit, shit, shit. Absolutely okay. When you put it, when you put it that way, yeah, it's a series about her, not him. But we utilize flashbacks. But yeah, you parallel their relationship, so it's almost maybe it's like they're revisiting a. So Nate is re or, or Nate's daughter discovers something uh, that Nate sort of passed over when he was younger, mm. and then she goes on a quest to find it. Nate unreluctantly has to go after her, mm. despite Elena's protests. Um, and then oh so your mummy returns it a little bit yeah to you a little bit of that and, but then because it's, <clears throat> he's revisiting something from Nate's past you get the parallel of when Nate and Sully originally went after it mm. and maybe it was something that ended badly and then they had like someone died and Nate and, Nate and Sully got out of it and then that was a, oh that was a, a, a dark moment for them <clears throat> oh flashback Sully the tooch Oh, Tooch would be a great Stanley Sully, Tucci. though. He would be. Yeah. He would be a great Sully. And you know full well, you could probably, if you wanted Sully to make an appearance toward the end in the present day timeline, you could just yeah. literally put some makeup on the Tooch. Yeah, yeah, and you would could. Do it. And it would be great. And it would be great, because he's Stanley goddamn Toochie. Mm. The Tooch. Mm. The goddamn Tooch. Um, 
Tooch and Tom. Tooch and Tom. <laughs> Tooch and Tom. <laughs> the latest stoner duo, Tooch and Tom. They would be quite good. So yeah, that's what I do. That's what I do. I'd have, <laughs> I'd have, I'd have two parallel stories. I concur on that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, similarly, my, the only idea that comes to mind would be um, you, James Bond. That you just yeah you, you you tell a story yeah with Nate set between the flashbacks of three. And the first one at some point, and that's how you use your Tom Holland, and you do that. If it's successful, you don't do another one. <laughs> you leave it there and go, wasn't that cool? Do you like it, folks? Go play the fucking video games. Yeah. You get to be that guy, and it's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> um, or if you do a second one, you do it with Fillion. Yeah. <clears throat> In fact, there you go. You do, you do, yeah, all right, I'm breaking my rule. You do one set post four with yeah. Fillion. Uh, as you follow on and you can have some flashbacks to Holland's then you get the whole like oh he was part of why the first one was great right well then he's in it and then that way and you and you work with the team at Naughty Dog so that they don't contradict a damn thing yeah so then that way you can if you wanted to have the full Uncharted experience you watch Uncharted the film I think that's a good show <clears throat> you play the games in order complete with Lost Legacy after four and then you watch the sequel, and there's it bookends the series of stories. Yeah, and then that way they don't touch it, they don't over, they don't change anything, they don't cast Mark fucking Wahlberg <laughs> as Sully. I can't believe that. Unless we see a trailer and it's like, oh my god, this is Heath Ledger levels of I did not expect this. I I think it's one of the worst casting decisions ever. Yeah, that's bad. It's bad casting. I have a feeling. He, I have a feeling he's involved in it in some way. Yeah, he's producer on it. Oh, there you go. That's because like, I want you to. I want to be in it. I like. Want you to play Drake. See, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate. He's a better that. Drake than he is. A I would. Re- I wouldn't be there for it, but I wouldn't hate <clears> it. Yeah. <clears throat> nice. Oh, but it's been weird. in development for so long that he's aged out of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Until then, we have that short film Nathan Fillion made. That was an effect house. That was like dirty laundry levels are very good. It, but yes. It never happened. Do you remember the Venom one of that that is hard to find? Oh, where it's like film. it's like sort of like a documentary thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. All right, it was okay. It's not as good as Dirty Laundry. Dirty Laundry was Dirty great, was very good. And the Power Rangers um, short was really good as well. The Last of Us. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just I, don't see, do I it. Would, but I'd expand it. <clears throat> I'd, I'd I'd expand. Would you stick with Ellie and Joel? Because um, I wouldn't. If you're gonna tell a story in that world, tell a different story in that world. Yeah, I would. I would. And have them cross into your season finale or something. So no, that I, way you get the like, oh I, my god, Ellie and Joel are here. I'd, t- I'd tell that story of the first game, but okay. I'd expand it on the front end with a lot more stuff between um, Joel's daughter's death. Yeah. And um, incorporate, and have, have big time jumps mm. between episodes, um, similar to The Witcher. Would you toss a coin to your Joel? Oh yeah, toss a coin to my Joel. Um... <laughs> But also, uh, embellish it's like bringing the the um, American Nightmares prequel stuff. Not was that not American Nightmares? Um, they they did a comic version of it and then they released it as DLC. And it was the and it's the Riley and um, yeah and uh, Ellie stuff. Really? Um, <clears throat> have have that in there and expand on that. Because I think they've, I think Neil Druckmann's already been talking about like the series. It's gonna be. Um, it's Ellie, gonna be Ellie my... and Tess and Riley and Marlene and, <clears throat> and all that. Oh, okay, um, all right. So that's pre the Last of Us or post the Last of Us. So the Ellie and Riley stuff is immediately pre 
The first game. The first game. Okay. It's, we've released the DLC for the first game. Right. And it is... And that's what the series is going to focus on. It's alien... No, no, no. That's just stuff that's these mentioned. Oh, he mentioned okay. he was talking about female characters for International Women's Day. Oh, um, okay. But we could also be talking about the game, so who knows. Um, it's don't. Who takes its confirmation? If, if this... Right. Do six episode seasons. The first series, do an adaptation of that. The second series, do an adaptation of Joel's story leading up to the events of the game. And the third series, just adapt the game. One and done. Boom. Yeah, give, give us the good, weight. Of, that's of where of I would go implied. with it. It's like, yeah, ba- fill out the backstories yeah. <clears throat> and sort of lead and, and 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 adapt the games because I think mm. that it's a it's a good solid story <laughs> and it could absolutely work mm. as a TV show as a sort of split narrative. Don't over rely on Walking Dead esque sequences of well we have these costumes and makeup effects so let's do yeah. lots of swarms of clickers and everything like no. No, you don't be inventive. Big Make your set pieces inventive, um, because that's the ship that will be remembered. Yeah, and then it won't become the Walking Dead slog that is the Walking Dead, where it's just like, oh, more of this. More because of this you can it. adapt the basic story beats of the game, but and, and insert your own action set pieces mm. that are more filmic. Mm. Um, and where you would have puzzle solving and stealth sequences, that's where you put like some tense stuff in um, to sort of pad out the narrative I think it could I think it could really work because I think Naughty Dog work in a very cinematic storytelling way because they don't have a lot of multiple choice stuff no there are some moments like at the end of The Last of Us that give you the illusion of choice yeah but you never really have a choice oh god no it snaps that shit away from you yeah so it it is a linear story that can be adapted um, so I don't think there's any reason not to do it. Have you seen some of the fan casting for uh, uh, Ellie and Joel? Uh, I've seen one where I'm <laughs> like, this would have worked better 20 years ago because a lot of people are saying Hugh Jackman and Ellen Page, and it's like, oh well, yeah, they're both Ellen Page is 20 years older yeah, than yeah, she yeah. needs to be for the role, yeah. and Hugh Jackman could conceivably play it, but the demands of that sort of show would be like, this is a man who has just got out of having to be yeah. for a living. Who's like now just staying fit for a living? <clears throat> Don't force him to get hench again. Don't do it, folks. Uh, the one that I came across that I really liked was Stanley Tucci playing both roles. <laughs> Stanley Tucci was um, Nikolai Kostyuwaldu for uh, Joel. What do I know him from? Uh, Jamie Lannister stuff from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, and okay, yeah, don't hate that, don't hate that. And um, Caitlin Dever for Ellie, who was in Booksmart. Yeah? Um, no. Caitlin Dever. Jesus Christ, that still of her like is just flat out yeah. Ellie. That's nuts. Yeah. That is nuts. Uh, um, you need you need to cast somebody who's either yeah you need to cast somebody who's either <clears throat> super young and you get your limited run of it filmed ASAP yeah or you cast somebody in their twenties who has that younger face and and uh, you you stick with it. Caitlin Dever's twenty four, so she has she has a young face yeah yeah so she'd work fine. You could get absolutely a couple of years of the show without people like what do you mean she's gonna look young and but no literally because. It's, but also it's don't the forget, Walking Dead problem. How quickly does Carl age in that fucking the show? Walking, the, the The Last of Us takes place over the course of a year. Yeah, and it's not and it's not long before, um, 
the the stuff with Ellie and Riley doesn't happen long before because that's when she gets bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it it's you can film all that stuff up front. Mm-hmm. Go back if you're worried about some. But then if she's in twenty, if you can't live twenty four, so it's not going to make that much of a difference. Mm. But if you have a younger actor, you can fill up, fill all that stuff up front, and then don't do the stuff that she's not in last. So you can get all that stuff, that interview yeah. shooting schedule. Yeah. There you go. But um, it depends what again, yeah, you what don't I want. To, do. You don't want a Walking Dead or It Chapter Two situation. No, but I do. I do a ten episode season. <clears throat> I do the first three episodes. Bridging the gap between the outbreak and where Joel is at the start of the main story, a couple of episode, uh, the couple of episodes that do Ellie and Riley, Ellie getting bit, Ellie being taken in by Marlene, and then the last five episodes adapts the game. Yes, yeah, that's perfect. And then and, and then call it there. Call because it there. It's, yeah, because my main worry is HBO are like we're looking for a new Game of Thrones. And it's like some things shouldn't be churned out. Like they're better concise. Like you know, you know, <laughs> at some level there was somebody in the executive yeah. board who was thick enough to go. Well, the ratings for that were amazing. What are we doing to get Chernobyl series two off the ground? Yeah, you know full yeah, well yeah, that yeah. conversation was had at least once. Well, they did. Instead, what they did was <laughs> they said to Craig Mazin, "What do you want to do next?" And he said, "The Last of Us." And they said, "Okay." Yeah. Because he's doing that's it. the way to do it. Yeah, that, the Mister Punch rules. That's the, except don't beat a baby or you know knock your wife out with a ch- chain of sausages. But then he defeats the devil. So that's the way to do it. <laughs> Bad rule. Um, on that note, <laughs> on the Mister Punch rules, we should probably leave. Yeah, but we don't want to leave without giving you guys a way to throw money at us. Yeah. So Patreon.com/slash/BigDamnCast if you want to support the shows, and more importantly for you. Get early ass access, ask access to all our video content and much, much more. Uh, support us on there, patreon.com slash bigdamncast. You can it. also watch our streams on twitch.tv slash bigdamnstream. Yeah. And to basically catch anything we do, we pretty much telegraph that shit in on twitter.com slash bigdamncast. Yeah. at bigdamncast on the Twitter. I think I've fixed the stream problems now, so eventually backlogging should be back. Um, but I'm probably going to move it to Wednesdays and Sundays. But keep an eye on Twitter. Ooh, I'll yeah, I'll keep your peepers peeled, folks. Uh, and if in doubt, just follow twitch.tv slash BigDumbCast. That's the one. Stream. And uh, get a follow, and that way you'll be notified, you dirty bastards. But until then, I'm going to go now and try and find the last remaining pack of Tagliatelle in all the In all the world! Bye!